Hey friends, this is Holly Bame Lytle, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism in the Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's panel of exceptional autism parents. Today we're doing an Autism in the Wild podcast and the topic is parent isolation and I have another large group of parents here that are going to talk about this particular subject and I know it is emotional. We were just kind of prepping and already I feel like this is kind of a charged subject. I'm going to start with the first question. In what ways have you experienced parent isolation and the, the journey? Christine, I have an autistic son. I'll start with um, isolation of my own doing. Right now at this stage with Cameron, he's in a lot of therapies. So he goes to school all day long. We do therapies after school until about dinner time. And I find that we don't get together with friends who have kids or plan any play dates beyond that because we we need to give him time to just de-stress, decompress, and not be on. He's on all day at school. He's on at therapies. And to ask more of him in terms of having to engage other kids, the children of our friends, is just more work for him because we recognize that it's work for him. And so we don't tend to do a lot of stuff, which then feeds in on itself. Because we don't plan things with our friends or when they ask us, we say no because Cameron has therapy. We find that we don't get asked a lot. And I recognize that that's my doing. And it's because of the choices that we make for our son. And so I, I feel like that's part of the isolation of my own doing. The other part to that also, however, is we just don't get asked. As our son has gotten older, our friends' children think he's a little weird. It's hard to play with him because sometimes even when we do get together, the kids aren't playing with him. And then that hurts my mama heart. I don't want to experience that. So it's again, easier to stay home. Yeah. So that's another reason why I don't, I don't want my feelings hurt for my son. We don't engage yeah. a lot. Well, and I'm going to piggyback on that because I've had two children with autism. Isaac, you know, unfortunately passed away when he was just four, but 12, 13 years ago when he was diagnosed, People treated us different. One, because not very many people had kids with autism and couldn't understand where we were at and didn't really know or feel comfortable as a something where, you know, they should ask us or we would try it and then it didn't work out super well and we would have to leave or it was a big problem. There was a tantrum or whatever the case may be. And again, then you stop getting the invitations. And then there was a point where I was just like, F this, I'm not going to put myself out there anymore because it hurts. Like, why would you, when you put your yourself out there to then get stomped on or you feel, you know, you hear about, and I think it's back in those days when Isaac was little, we didn't have social media. So it's not like you can see everybody's getting together and, oh, this person and this person is at the park having this fantastic play date or such and such had a birthday party and we weren't invited. Fortunately for us in those days, we didn't have that type of exposure because I feel like it probably would have been worse because I didn't have the tribe of people that I have that are understanding and accepting and, you know, extend those invitations and such. Now with Caleb, but now he's 10, but he's on that higher functioning end. So, you know, I do feel like we get asked to more things, although I have to be honest, maybe it's because I'm Holly at the Isaac Foundation and that's the reason why things change. I don't like to think that's the case. I feel 
feel it's that part of the reason why I don't feel as isolated as I did before is because I have surrounded myself with a tribe of people and families that are walking a similar life. So it's really easy to feel plugged in and connected. And also there's that level of understanding of, hey, you know what? I, it's not going to work out today because we woke up and it's just a shitty day. And so, and the thing is your autism tribe is going to be like, oh, hey, totally get it. Um, and you don't have to feel bad. And also I don't have to feel like, okay, well, if I don't accept this invitation, am I going to be on that? Well, they never come anyway. So we're not going to do that. Oh, Mary. I have a two-year-old with a rare disease that have a very high chance of having autism. I have a little different view since I'm out there with all of our stuff all the time. People invite us to stuff and they know if we cancel, we're fine. Also, everyone at our daycare knows us. They have Adventure Ruthie shirts because I'm very open with our stuff, but we're at a young age, so it's hard because I'm willing to let myself be that open and have people ask me questions and be approachable about it that we still do get invited, but we cancel a ton and we don't show up to things and we test seizures sometimes when we're out and that's hard and that's my way of coping. So instead of not talking about things, I'm oversharing, um, which I always have to keep myself in check. I always think if Ruth is able to understand what's happening when she's 16, is this going to be okay with her? If I think that that's an okay check, then I will go through with it. If I don't think it's okay, then I won't. But I, I, I'm very conscious of that. And I want my other daughter to have as much of a normal life as she can. That's I found younger. that when my son was younger, it was a lot easier because the deficits um, weren't as apparent. He, yeah, he played yeah. like a normal two, three, four, even up to five years of age, we had a lot less isolation when he was younger. It's now that he's older, he's in middle school this year, and I found starting at about fourth grade, it became very apparent his differences between his functioning level and, and he's pretty high functioning, between his functioning level and his peers, and that has made um, the isolation a little bit more. He he doesn't get invited to birthday parties. Oh. We have he has a great group of peers. Kids come to his birthday party and they're all about that, but he has yet to be invited to one that isn't the child of one of our friends. And we're invited as a family, not necessarily him as a buddy yes. going to a friend's birthday party. So the older that we've gotten, isolation for us has definitely changed. It's, it's just not different, but it's a different form of isolation. And here's what I will say too. I'm totally in that boat because I feel like we get invited. Caleb, our family gets invited to a fair amount of things. And again, I'm not sure exactly if it's because of who we are and just our connection in the community. You know, we know a lot of fantastic people. We do birthday parties. We have pretty good attendance for people that will come. But when you're talking about the invitations that Caleb gets. And this is one of the things that I've done and I'm not going to tell you that it's good, but you know, the very first birthday party that Caleb got invited to, I blew 50 bucks on that gift because you know what? And the mom, and the mom like called me afterwards and she's like, oh my gosh, we cannot accept this gift. And I'm like, why? Because you know what? I got to be honest with you. My kid has never been invited to a birthday party. So I look at this as a culmination of all the birthday party gifts that I've not had to buy. And I asked Caleb, what do you wanted and that's what he said he wanted I said list of things that he wanted and she said well yes but this is something more I would expect of a parent gift or a grandparent gift I'd like open the package and accept it because again when you don't get invited to birthday parties then I have the ability to buy a pretty spectacular gift and you know what I 
I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, hopefully word travels that like we're great. Good. I want to get invited. Maybe we'll get invited. He too is, is Caleb's like I don't like that person I don't I don't want to go but what if this other kid's there that I hate I don't want to have to spend time with that person too so some of the isolation comes because you know Caleb does have strong likes and he has strong dislikes and I'm certainly not going to force him to go to a social situation and have to put up with people that he just you know his just like with us, I have preferences of who I want to spend my time with. So then my other kids will go to that party and then it's Caleb and I, and it's kind of like, okay, well, this is cool. We'll go figure out something to do, but let's switch this up a little bit too. You put yourself in a situation where you're isolating yourself, even when it comes to family functions, because I know that that is a common theme because, you know, holidays become complicated too. So, you know, when Isaac was little, it wasn't that we were being isolated. We weren't invited, but definitely it's when you're going you have to have it's not really that much fun because you're having to constantly manage and sometimes you, you feel like your family that's you know this is your family they should give you the most support that doesn't necessarily always equal the most support because you know it is complicated sit down dinners are not really that much fun and we're not very much fun for us and also too you know he wouldn't eat anything it's loud everybody's talking it's a complete nightmare and so then you spend half the um, time in the back bedroom because you just need a little bit at quiet time. So even is, and you know, maybe none of you guys have experienced there also is parent isolation than family functions because it is complicated. Sometimes you divide and conquer where you send half the family out to an event and then the other half stays home. I don't know, Shelly, if you have any um, of those wonderful experiences too, but it just sometimes becomes easier to divide and conquer and it's good and it has, it's pros and there's pros and cons to it. Moral of the story is you have to do whatever works for your family and what makes your sanity. But I would also really be careful about isolating yourself too much. Social media, I think, has pros and cons. You know, it's always the highlight reel. I will tell 
you that there are some autism families, autism parents I have never met face to face, but I have a very rich relationship with them just through social media because we live certain circumstances and you have to live a fairly isolated life because there are some kiddos that just need a lot of, um, it's just very, they prefer and flourish and are more successful and comfortable when they can just be at home in their own space. But social media and some of the private groups, um, Facebook, social media groups that you can plug into makes it feel like you're not all alone. And so that's one thing to consider too, is if you have to isolate yourself because it's just better for yourself and for your kids, what are things that we can encourage families to look at? I I know me for one, I kind of gravitate to those special needs, social media, private groups where you have those parenting experiences, but you don't have to leave your house. What are some other options? For our son, I felt really isolated. All of my friends with their neurotypical kids were in this sport and then this sport and then this sport and then this sport. And that did not seem to be in Steve's wheelhouse. However, in the past year through the Isaac Foundation, we locked into several different special needs sport groups that have literally changed our life. Our son now, in fact, will just be starting, does a special needs hockey, which was amazing. My husband was a high school and college hockey player. So when we got that diagnosis, you could almost see sort of the dream, the hopes and dreams, the hopes and dreams of the father for his son. And for those two to get out on the ice together was a dream come true. Like seriously, if you want to talk about following my eyes out the first time they were on the ice together, that was amazing. Through Spokane Parks and Rec, we do a special needs downhill skiing in the wintertime. And my son was amazing. He skis better than I do and I've been skiing for 20 years. Like it's I'm not gonna lie, I've seen him ski in the videos and I'm like, damn, oh, that kid has some crazy skills. Yes, I'm not kidding. Just crazy. And then we experienced a buddy ball this last spring. And to be able to just have even a small glimpse of what it felt like to be a normal parent with my kid playing a baseball game or downhill skiing, or we did a hockey might skate between periods of a Chiefs game. Like just to have those moments, it felt normal. If you have that in your community, find it, plug into it. It's amazing and it helps with the isolation. And then you also tend to meet other parents and less isolation because they're living it like you're living it. Yes. So that was pretty cool this last year for us. And this is Marion. I think the parent competition is a real thing. Oh, yes. yes. Just something I and it's so destructive. Yeah. It is. And, and I actually have to take myself off social media because of that. I took Facebook off my phone. I'm trying to stay off of it. The back to school, the signs, the percentile you're in, like all of that. For me, I was real done with it when Ruth was born because I'm just like, it doesn't apply. And I like seeing other kids on the first day of school. But do you want me to put an actual, like, where we are on that sign? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you because I've struggled a lot because, you know, my son Isaac passed away and it was really, really difficult for me to even have pictures, especially family pictures taken after Isaac passed away. And also, too, when you're talking about a diagnosis, every picture I saw of Isaac, 
that I would look at, it's like, oh, that was pre-diagnosis. You know, look how happy we were and that sort of thing. And then the post pictures where, oh, you can kind of start seeing the, you know, the eyes where he's just, you know, like looking through the camera and not really looking at the people or all the pictures where he's not smiling. Everybody else is super happy and he's, you know, melting down. But I will say, so there was a long time where I didn't want to have pictures and I still get a little bitter and resentful when I'm doing the pictures at the beginning of the school year. So... Like on a purse level, if you'll notice, every single school picture we ever take is always in front of Isaac's Memorial Rock. That's his first day of school picture. But it's gotten easier for me because I'm absolutely with you. I was resentful of a lot of pictures, the happy family pictures, the happy family vacations. Just even being in the park around happy family people was more than I could actually stomach at certain points of my life. And now I have found that it's less over time. Like I don't notice it as much as I did before. There are still moments in time where I'm just kind of like F this. This is so damn hard if you people understood just a little bit of the struggles that we go through. But it, it has gotten better. Like, you know, so I do feel like the parent isolation has gotten better. Um, my ability to cope has gotten better. Hi, Alien. How are you? We have a guest that's just joined us in, in our recording studio because this is real life, people. We have little ones that are coming in. All right. So that ends our Parent Isolation Autism Wild podcast series. I hope you guys have found some of the information and content helpful because again I think the big focus is is that there's no right or wrong it's just where you are in your journey and um, everybody's family and place is different and the whole point of this is just to look at circumstances and just let you know that you're not alone what you're feeling is valid so hopefully there's a few nuggets here that are helpful and go through the rest of the list and look to see some of our other autism mild parent topics that you can download And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.